0: Listener Production. Hello and welcome to Behind the Hits, the inside story on some of music's most iconic songs featuring stories from the artists who made them. I'm Lindsay Harriper. In this episode, we go behind some of the most popular songs of Dua Lipa and Miley Cyrus. We'll hear stories of female empowerment from these two very strong and independent women who just happen to have a knack for creating music that gets stuck in your head. Born in London, Jua Lipa was just 11 years old when she and her family moved to Kosovo, and it wasn't long before she started showcasing her vocal talent on YouTube, uploading videos of herself covering songs by the likes of Nelly Furtado and Pink. In 2010, Jua made the big call to leave her family behind in Kosovo and head back to London in an effort to try and ignite a career in music. It
1: felt like a really natural move for me. I've always wanted to do music, but when I was living in Kosovo, there just wasn't the opportunity to be able to. I guess, do this on a global scale or be heard. Like, there wasn't really the possibility of being somewhere in the world and putting something on Spotify and having the hope that someone might hear it or even putting it on YouTube, like, you're so far away. And I don't know, it just didn't feel like I had enough opportunity. And because I'd already lived in London and had friends in London, I wanted to be in a place that everything was happening. And that also felt like home to me and was essentially my first home. And so... um, it felt like quite a natural move and I'm, I'm really happy I did it.
0: Dewa should be really happy with that move. It would take just three years for her to get noticed and signed by a music management team who encouraged Stuart to hone her songwriting and to anchor her lyrics around personal experience. It took me quite a while to learn to get
1: all my thoughts out of myself and be really OK about speaking the truth and not being worried about what other people might think, you know? There's always that thing in the, in the back of your mind when you're being really honest you're really scared that the person that you, you, that's inspired those songs is going to know it's about them. But I remember when I wrote Hotter Than Hell and I released it and I was in Stockholm and a fan came over to me and she was like, this song made me feel really empowered, so thank you so much. And when I wrote Hotter Than Hell, it didn't really come from a very confident place, but I wrote it in order to make myself feel comfortable. And I saw that if I made someone feel strong and empowered from a song that I felt like I was doing the right thing and I was in the right place and I was doing what I should be doing and it it definitely made me more confident but it really helped me figure out what I wanted my message to be.
0: Hotter Than Hell, which was co-written by Jua in 2015 and would ultimately become the song that delivered a recording contract for her with Warner Music. The song was inspired by an ex-boyfriend and originally the lyrics were all around not being good enough. In an interview with Rolling Stone, Dua says she was scrolling through Tumblr when she came across the words hotter than hell in big red writing. Those three simple words flipped the script on the entire song with the lyrics now shifting to give Dua the upper hand with a boyfriend who couldn't get enough of her because she was hotter than hell.
1: You know, the production and the ideas, they all kind of change a lot throughout the whole process. Um, It's nice to see
0: them evolve and nice to see, you know, in a way get better. Jua maintains to this day that writing that song was extremely therapeutic. It was
1: initially quite a sad song, so I came out of a really awful breakup and I was... I just felt like I wasn't good enough, but I didn't want that person to know that I felt like that, so I kind of had this false sense of confidence for that song. And then as I was writing it, I started getting over the situation and I felt
0: more empowered. Released in 2017, Jewis' self-titled debut album yielded nine singles. That's right, nine. A lot of those songs have similar themes. The main ones being relationships and breakups. Be the One is about asking your ex for a second chance at romance. New Rules is about how to avoid getting back with your ex. An IDGAF? Well, let's just say it's a big middle finger to your ex. But as far as Jew is concerned, her songs are simply about personal experiences we all share and need to talk about. We all go
1: through the same things in one way or another. And the most important thing is to speak to your friends and open up and not be afraid. Because more often than not, a lot of people can relate to your experiences and if you're ever going through anything the best piece of advice I could ever give is just to speak to someone close to you.
0: The ex theme and themes of female empowerment continued for Jua in 2019 when she dropped the first single from Future Nostalgia. That song was Don't Start Now. Don't Start Now is
1: really you're talking to I guess an ex who uh, doesn't really want to let you uh, move on. And I guess we can keep dreaming about the amicable breakup, but it's impossible.
0: (laughs) The song charted in 59 countries, cracking the top 10 in more than 40 territories and peaked at number two in the US, the UK and Australia. Physical was the pulsating second single from Future Nostalgia, a song with a real 80s vibe. The song even spawned its own 80s-style workout video on Dewa's YouTube channel. Despite being pretty excited by the song when it was finished, Dua wasn't quite sure how well it would go. For me, I
1: I like, I make the songs, I'm proud of it, I'm happy, and then when it goes out, I kind of leave it to you guys to decide because I don't really know at that point. While I'm preparing to like put music out, I'm just like, I have no idea what people are going to think. I also feel like physical is so relentless, I thought it'd be a little bit like Marmite. For me, I was like super excited about it, but you never know.
0: We're taking you behind the hits of Dua Lipa and later in 2020, Dua teamed up with Miley Cyrus for a killer collab for a song called Prisoner. We go behind the story of that and some other Miley Cyrus songs next. I'm Lindsay Harriper and this is Behind the Hits, the inside story on some of music's most iconic songs with stories from the artists who made them. In November 2020, Miley Cyrus dropped the album Plastic Hearts, her seventh studio album and one that saw her working with a whole bunch of people, people like Joan Jett, Billy Idol, Stevie Nicks, Ryan Tedder from OneRepublic, John Bellion, Mark Ronson and Dua Lipa. Yeah, you know, one thing that I really loved
2: about that was each person, you know, they are who they are, who they're loved for being and... I think that this is just a classic duo song, you know. It's easy to make a classic Billy Idol record. You know what those are. You know, you know the Joan records, Stevie. When when you're when you're working with a new artist that she's also kind of a chameleon, she she does so many different sounds. Um, you know, but but she's able to be Herself and and that was really important for this record and particularly this track was that we were both honored as individuals We have a lot of similarities, but we we, you know invite the differences and allow them to not be concealed but brought fully into the light and she brings something that's something kind of polished to uh, To a visual that also is very grimy in a dirty club in New York covered in blood and she She brought something that's very pop culture about it, which makes it you know kind of it's something new and she she really took this record into a whole nother to a whole nother current space.
0: Prisoner was a second single released from Miley's seventh studio album, Plastic Hearts, an album that Miley was a bit nervous about releasing. It's
2: always a little bittersweet when you release a record because it's something that's almost been your own secret, something that's been mine. Um, and then when you release it, You know, it's always open for interpretation, to, uh, for uh, opinions, and it's been really well, you know, received. I think it's been really listened to uh, at a level of depth that doesn't always happen when you release a record. I think, you know, people playing a record and people really listening to it, Not always the same. I think people have have really dug into the lyrics and the melodies and the sonics, and I'm just appreciative.
0: That song was a hit in more than 40 countries going to number one in places like Bulgaria, Croatia, Guatemala and Malta. It was Miley's 24th top 40 hit in Australia. It's been quite a career for the American star whose real name is Destiny Hope and whose godmother is the legendary Dolly Parton. How cool. Miley's mum and dad, Letitia and Billy Ray Cyrus, called her Destiny Hope because they believed she was destined for great things. But when she was a baby, they nicknamed her Smiley and that name was later shortened to to Miley. Miley's biggest hit so far has been 2013's Wrecking Ball, a song which went six times platinum in Australia and topped the charts in the US, the UK and Canada. The song was originally intended for Beyonce, but one of the songwriters, Mozilla, had been doing some work with Miley, so she sent the demo to Miley instead. Wrecking Ball I did
2: with my friend Mozilla, who was going through a crazy time in her life, like so much going on and where she just felt like her whole world was kind of falling apart like the song, and so I never... Um, I never have really been in a situation where I've been this inspired by someone else and their story. So I kinda just got into her and it was almost like therapy for both of us, going through things that I didn't remember kinda hurt me and you just go through those emotions of people that have hurt you in the past and that's something everyone on this earth is felt and and feels really alone and feels like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to them every time. They think it couldn't get any worse and so I think people need to know that everyone's been in that situation.
0: The song peaked at number two on the Australian charts kept out of the top spot by Katy Perry's Raw. But you know that your songs really made it when a hit gets parodied by Weird Al Yankovic. Miley scored her first top five hit in Australia when she was just 16 years old. It's a song that she can still relate to even though that relatability to music can change as you get older.
2: I would ask you to challenge your idea of if it actually relates to you or not because I think the gravitational force that we feel towards music there usually is something in there that You know, it might not be you right now that's relating to it, but maybe a a version of yourself that you were or will be, there's something in there that makes you, you know, I I think every great record has that song. Um, It just kind of comes out a little farther than the rest.
0: In 2009, Miley was starring in the Disney TV series, Hannah Montana. She played a character named Miley Stewart who had a secret double life as a pop star named Hannah Montana. The song, The Climb, was featured on the soundtrack to Hannah Montana, the movie. This power ballad changed Miley's life forever, and she reckons the song connected with a lot of people because it has a lot of different meanings. The Climb, I think, is so important because I've had it um,
2: relate to so many people's lives. I mean, I think it can be about a relationship. For me, it can be um, spiritual. It can be, um, you know, getting through trying times, others with, you know, health, you know, in your family, your friends, no matter what it is. It can just relate to so many different things, so for it to be able to to have gone around the world the way it has and finally have a song that is, you know, purely based on positivity is really important.
0: The Climb was originally written as an anthem for the teenage fans of Hannah Montana, but it would go on to be so much more than that, with the song being featured in stacks of motivational videos for people of all ages and also being slaughtered in karaoke bars around the world. I'm Lindsay Harriper, and you've been listening to Behind the Hits. This episode was written by Dave Carter and Jeff Jenkins. Audio production by Mike Santos and Dan King. Produced by Dave Carter. Listener.